tripping on them hoes. I be getting money up, brothers running in and out. Whole team with me if anything gets ahead of stop. Feel baby, I just throw the plays, my niggas run around. So you can pack your bags, little baby. I only want them out. I can't trust the bitch. We can fuck with all you. Back with another episode. Huh. Let me apologize once again for the lapse. For taking time in between these episodes. Like I said a couple times before, life be life. And then you know you gotta deal with what you gotta deal with before you get to do what you wanna do. This is something that I wanna do. I'm gonna continue to do it, but Unfortunately, it's been a little more infrequently than I want. Something that I'm going to work on, but let's get into it. All right, so first and foremost, man, the hottest thing going around in the world, the biggest story, got the Puff Daddy, a.k.a. Diddy, also known as Sean Combs, formerly known as Brother Love. You got the drama with him and Cassie. Um, If you don't know Cassie, Cassie's an ex-girlfriend. She was also an artist on Bad Boy at some time. And she's been relatively quiet over the years since she seems like she stepped away from making music, but she popped out recently. And there's apparently a law in New York that you have um, some sort of time frame to schedule a civil lawsuit against somebody. So Cassie went right up to the deadline, filed a civil lawsuit against Puffy. And in the civil lawsuit, she alleged some really egregious things. Um, she alleged that he physically beat her. She alleged that he drugged her. She alleged that he had her participate in human trafficking, ordering male prostitutes, ordering male prostitutes for her to have sex with multiples of them while he sat in the corner and jerked off like on some weirdo shit. And I can't say I'm surprised by any of this. Puffy has been rich. Puffy's been famous and he's been notorious for having weird vibes when it comes to everybody he's dealt with or done business with over the years. There's not really an exception to the rule. You don't really see anybody that was close to Puff at some point that's still close to him now. And this goes for the people that's under his umbrella. He's got his industry friends that it seems like he's been friends with for a long time, but it seems like as so- soon as somebody does some paperwork with him, gets into a relationship with him, it goes left. I'm going to name a couple names and you guys can take from it what you will. And I'm not accusing them of anything. I'm just pointing out some facts on black and white. It looks crazy. So we'll start with Biggie. Biggie, of course, biggest artist in bad boy history. Dead. Let's talk about Andre Harrell. If you don't know who Andre Harrell is, Andre Harrell had a record label called Uptown Records where Puffy was an intern and kind of, I think he was an A&R actually, and kind of got started off. Longtime friend of Puff, mentor, et cetera, et cetera. Andre Harrell's dead. You got Craig Mack, former bad boy artist, dead. Black Rob, former bad boy artist, dead. Heavy D, former uptown artist. He was around for the Andre Harrell days, dead. Chucky Thompson, that name may not ring a bell. Chucky Thompson was part of the in-house beat makers for bad boy called the Hitmen. Who you may know from the Hitman is Stevie J, but Chucky Thompson was also part of the Hitman. He's dead. Um, Anthony Wolf Jones. Now, Wolf is a little different story. Wolf was known to be a goon, um, got into it, but let's just say dead also. And then you got Kim Porter, who is Puff's baby mom, longtime partner, recently died. Okay, these are all people in direct connection with Puff that are passed away. If we go past that, let's talk about some other misfortunes that fell to people dealing with them. You got Shine. If you remember Shine, he was popping back in the days. He got a 10-year case for a shootout with Puff locked up. He's out now, but locked up. You have Loon. 
Loon was from the I, I Need a Girl days, the remixes. Bad Boy Artist had a couple songs. Did a lot of time in prison after getting with Puff. G Depp. G Depp. Let's get it. You remember that song? Make this money. Take this money. That's G Depp. Locked up. This nigga went and confessed to a murder that he supposedly done like decades earlier. Locked up. Then you have Mace. Ran off the church, went to Atlanta. Even before Craig Mack passed away, he got entangled into deep religious things. So the common theme in this is these people that are close to Puff either end up dead, in jail, or they run to the church. Now, I can't blame him for any of that. I can't put that directly on him, but I think that it's a pattern that you got to pay attention to. I don't think that somebody that has good energy, somebody that's doing positive things and it's not underhanded, is going to have this many people in this close circle that's going to fall to these kind of fortunes. These are just examples of things that are in black and white. All the allegations over the years against Puff, may, while they may not have been, um, you know, court documented, there's a lot of allegations of just bullshit with this nigga. Apparently, he put hands on Drake. He put hands on J. Cole. Now they're saying he put hands on Wale. They're saying he put hands on Cassie. Over the years, he's just got a track record of being destructive to anyone that comes around him. Then you got, of course, the Keefe D shit with the Tupac murder, which, you know, I got my opinion on all of it. I'm just saying, he, I feel like he did all this shit. You know what I'm saying? I feel like Puff puts up a good front. He comes across as a non-threatening guy. I can remember during the East Coast, West Coast, I say that in quotations, the East Coast, West Coast beef, the shit with Suge and Pac and Puffy and Big. Puffy always seemed like the weak nigga. He always seemed like the one that could get bullied if it came down to it. Well, when you look up, He's kind of the last one standing out of all that shit. I don't think that happens by accident. I think that Puffy's a lot more calculating. I think he's a lot more vicious, not just as a businessman, but as a so-called human being than what people give him credit for. So allegedly, Cassie filed a $30 million lawsuit. And I'm going to say that number because that's the number I've been seeing reported. Once the lawsuit hit the Internet, settled the next day within 24 hours. So what that tells me is he either paid her exactly what she asked for, or maybe even more, which is not something you do if you're not guilty. Now, I understand like targeting celebrities, targeting people with money, and a lot of times they'll settle out of court just because the court costs may be, you know, more than actual lawsuit and the time and effort and energy to fight these shits, it might not be worth it. But if we're talking about $30 million, there's not going to be no court costs. There's no lawyer fees is adding up that high. OJ Simpson's defense didn't cost $30 million, and that's a criminal murder case. We're talking about a civil case. So he paid her off. That tells me it's something there. And there's some more skeletons in that closet that he didn't want to come out the door. This takes me to the train of thought from society today, right? Where we kind of excuse anything as long as it's attached to wealth. If somebody got money and they do some bullshit, a lot of times in the comments on the Internet, what you're going to see is, oh, they get in the bag, though. They get money, though. People are so attracted to money that they look past maybe sometimes some evil spirits that may be controlling the money and they're willing to sell their soul to get, get close to it. Now, part of the thing with Cassie was um, quoting from the lawsuit was basically that Puff told her he's going to take care of her financially as long as she can promise secrecy, loyalty, and some other things. Well, this is really, you know, not literally, but this is like selling your soul. This is saying, I'm going to look past things. I'm going to compromise my morals as long as the bag's attached to it. And that's what we do a lot today. Even when you look at the type of music that gets put out, these record 
labels or these uh, DPS streaming services, what they do is they create algorithms. They create music that they decide is going to be popping off. And if you look at the content of it, you got a whole bunch of girls talking whole shit. You got a whole bunch of niggas talking murder shit. And you got girls and guys talking drug shit. Now, what that does to somebody that has an undeveloped mind or may look at these people as superheroes is it makes everything look okay. So young girls used to have a fear of being called promiscuous or being called hoes. They've described this whole culture and they've gift wrapped it and called it a women's revolution and women's empowerment. I don't think there's anything empowering about getting ran through crazy, but that's just me. I got my own set of morals that I won't compromise, right? Call me Diddy proof. You feel me? Back when rap music had actual content that was talking about things that mattered in society, talked about things that mattered in life. What they did is they focused on the gangster aspect of it. And then you had C. Dolores Tucker and you had Calvin Butts and other black leaders out there steamrolling these guys CDs, just saying it was no good. But now, you know what I'm saying? When you got people uh, uplifting the drug use culture, you have motherfuckers just using it for McDonald's commercials and it's just all good. It's just my thoughts on it. But Puff is one person. I think he's a microcosm of the whole Hollywood, of the whole music industry, where it's just a lot of evil shit going on and a lot of examples of people that's willing to sell their soul in order for some financial success. Years later, these things might come back to bite you in the ass. Puff's got so much money. He's got so much friendships. He knows so many high-powered, powerful people in the world that I don't know if he'll ever go to jail for any of the things that he might have done over the years. But it's coming to roost. The chickens are coming home to roost, as Malcolm X said back in the days. Sticking with the music industry real quick, just real fast, Andre 3000 of Outkast. He recently dropped the album. He let it be known right before the album came out that it wasn't going to be a rap album. This nigga dropped a flute album. Now, I'm all for expressing yourself any way that you want to. I'm not going to criticize that man for dropping a flute album. If you want to play the flute, and make it as an album, that's fine. He can, He's free to do what he wants to do. I did want to hear some bars from him because I love his rap skill. You know what I'm saying? But the problem is, it's not really a problem. It's just an annoyance more than anything. As you got this spiritual culture now, we have this these spirit people in the world that worship crystals and everything's about vibe and energy. And they're just like, in my opinion, a lot of lost souls that think they're a little more high vibrating than the rest of the world. You have these people out here trying to convince the world that this flute album is some sort of um, beyond thought for the average person. You're not deep enough to understand the power of the flute. You know, man, shut the fuck up. Y'all need to shut the fuck up. Everybody try to act like I know something you don't know. Y'all niggas don't know shit. Some of y'all posting this shit and saying this shit. I knew you in school. You understand what I'm saying? I remember a roach crawled out your backpack in art class. I can remember all this shit like. Motherfuckers be trying to act like they're some sort of elevated kingdom or queendom that us average peasants are unaware of. Man, y'all just bought that shit because it's Andre 1000, 3000. It been people making just strictly albums of of musicianship, just instrumentation. And y'all don't pump none of that shit. But because Andre 3000 is a beloved figure in the rap world and the black music world, now we got to act like it's some sort of awakening. Anyways, my man Snoop. Big Snoop Dogg, Uncle Snoop, West Coast, Rolling 20 Crip. 
he made a post. It was kind of vague to me, but people took from where they wanted where he went on Instagram and said, I'm done with smoke. And he had a little bit more to the paragraph of it. And it was a picture of him kind of praying and shit. So people immediately took that as he's quitting smoking weed, which Snoop is the well-known, probably the most well-known weed smoker in the world. He kind of can smoke where he wants in front of who he wants. No one cares. You know, it's just Snoop being Snoop. So when they're saying that, well, he's possibly alluding to that he may not be smoking weed no more. It's got the internet and the uproar. You got people on both sides of it. You have people even saying he got cancer. And I think that's a horrible thing to say without any confirmation. I, I feel like cancer is one of them things that you could will on or away to somebody. And I don't like people attaching that shit to his name because cancer is still the most destructive force that we got. And a lot of it is man-made. A lot of it's stress-induced. It has to come from some of the things we put into our body. We could be one of them. I'm not sure. But, you know, people are doing that. Snoop, meanwhile, he's having fun with it. He's saying shit. It's a family decision. And please respect my privacy. But he's coming off kind of trolly. So I'm not sure if Snoop quit smoking weed. I'm not sure if he's alluding to some other sort of smoke. I'm not sure. But all I know is Snoop is the big OG from the West Coast. I got love for Snoop. Whatever he's doing, I'm supporting it for him. You know what I'm saying? There's not no man on earth that could make a move that's going to make me move the same way because he done it. But I guess I'm just different, man. I never really been the following type, but shout out to Snoop. Watching niggas trying to figure how I fall right. Different figures coming in, new money, get it all right. Kept the knife up in my back. I don't want to bleed out. Cuts held fast, but them cuts getting deep now. You ain't right, now let me get my sports bag real quick because you know that's what I do. That's my thing, the sports thing. So first thing I want to get into with the sports is my boy Draymond Green, man. Shout out to Draymond Green. Draymond Green is a different nigga, right? He's representing Saginaw, Michigan, the Sag Nasty up in the midden. He's a Michigan State blue-collar tough dude, and he's playing basketball in a league full of fake tough dudes. So Draymond is also a dirty-ass player, which I respect, and I like the dirt. I like to try to cheat a little bit, even when I play sports. I'm the nigga that's going to tug on your shirt when no one ain't looking. I'm going to push you, lean on you, try and make it rough for you. That's just how I grew up playing. Well, Draymond plays like that in the league where they don't do that anymore, so he finds himself in trouble a lot. A lot of times he crosses the line. He didn't kick 55 niggas in the nuts over the year. He does a lot of wild shit, and he's always barking. He even socked his teammate out on camera. Uh, shout out to Jordan Poole for, for eating that punch. You know what I'm saying? But Draymond's the most recent thing as a WWE heel in the in the NBA is he put pause on Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert, Gobert, whatever. The French nigga, the seven-foot French nigga that used to play for Utah. Now he's over there in Minnesota. I don't like Rudy Gobert. He's a slug. He's sucker. And I just ain't feeling him. He's also the nigga that gave the entire NBA COVID. If you remember when COVID first started, he took it as a joke. He was coughing and touching everything and thought shit was funny. Basically gave Donovan Mitchell COVID, which led him to leave Utah and go to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Now Rudy's gone to Minnesota. Well, some dude on Minnesota, I can't remember his name. I apologize for that. The game starts and he starts getting into it with Klay Thompson from the Warriors. Klay Thompson, um, the John B lookalike, you know, one of the best shooters in NBA history. He's not known for getting into it with niggas. He doesn't, he's not that type of guy. He doesn't spend a lot of energy. He's not really a big woofer. He does his fair share of shit talking, but that early in the game, I don't know what's going on. But this guy from the Timberwolves, he gets to dragging that clay by his jersey. They get into a little hand-fighting situation. And Rudy Gobert goes over there to save the day. He slightly grabs clay around his neck. But what he wasn't ready for, what he was not expecting, which he should have expected, 
was the Intercontinental Champion Draymond Green coming off the top ropes, putting him in a chokehold. He put this nigga in a chokehold. You could see the despair in Rudy's eyes. He put his hands up immediately, looked like a victim of police brutality, while Draymond is barking on him at the same time, cutting off his air supply. Okay? Draymond is doing what they used to do. He's protecting his teammates. He's going too far with this shit, and I love every moment of it. You know, everyone got something to say about him because he, he finds himself suspended a lot. But that's what I call standing on it, man. I like to see competition. You got the sports figures now where they all played AAU together. There's not really that level of heated competition like there used to be. And Draymond is about Draymond and his fucking team. And he'll go to war for you. That's a nigga that if you was to go out to the club with him and got into it, he's not going to be the nigga that's going to try to say, hey, man. Hey, let's stop. He's going to be the nigga that's going to ride for you. So I respect Draymond for that and always have. So shout out to him. He got a five-game suspension. I think he should have got a fucking pat on the back, man. I love Draymond Green. Moving on to the NFL, right? NFL season right now is getting plagued with injuries. Joe Burrow, he's out for the season. He got hurt on Thursday. Um, my man Mark Andrews, you know, Ravens flock over here, ball, ball so hard, University, this Ravens game right here. Mark Andrews, our leading receiver slash tight end, he's out for the season. Um, you got Kyler Murray just coming back from being hurt for the whole start of the season. It's just that time of year when NFL players get hurt. And it's unfortunate to see because a lot of times you don't know the wrong person get hurt. It could change the, you know, the whole future for the team, franchise, etc. So I hate to see that happening. But on a bright note, as far as the NFL going, man, and look, I may be biased. I may be biased, but I'm not lying when I tell you. C.J. Stroud, ex-quarterback of the Ohio State Buckeyes. Go Bucks. O-H-I-O. You feel me? C.J. Stroud, starting quarterback for the Houston Texans. Number two overall pick. I remember when C.J. was in college doing this thing. He got passed over for the Heisman Trophy twice. Second time was disrespectful. They gave it to Caleb Williams, and CJ finished fourth. So you got the, the draft analysts start projecting him to be low teens, early 20s for the draft. Houston went with what they saw instead of what they heard and picked him number two behind Bryce Young, who went to Carolina. Well, CJ Stroud just so turns out, as I already knew, and Buckeye Nation already knew, he's him. He's him Duncan. He's Himothy. He's all that. So right now in his rookie year, he's guaranteed rookie of the year right now. I don't care if anything happened. He didn't do shit the rest of the year. To me, he's guaranteed rookie of the year. I think it's time to start mentioning him as an MVP of the NFL. First things first, he's got five wins already through nine games out of the Houston Texans, who only won two games last season, right? He's thrown for 2,626 yards, which is second in the entire NFL. He's got 101 passer rating. That's good for fifth in the NFL. He's thrown 15 touchdowns, only two interceptions, and he also has two rushing touchdowns, which that was the one knock on him coming out of college is that he didn't tuck the ball and run when he needed to. Well, he's shown he can do that. He's doing all that with a rookie wide receiver, Tank Dale being his number one target, and not too much to speak of of a running game. He's came back in one games, went on the line every time. Right. So shout out to my man, CJ Stroud, Ohio State Buckeye extraordinaire. And also shout out to Case, man. Case McGee out of Columbus, Ohio. Y'all check him out. That's a hometown guy that I know, man. Um, You know, he's the barber to the stars out there. You check him out. Case Cuts on Instagram. One of the best barbers in the world. You know, he's CJ's barber also. Some of the other Buckeyes, you know what I'm saying? But shout out to that, man. Shout out to them dudes in Houston, Texas doing their thing. 
CJ Stroud is the future. I'm calling that shit. I've said his name on here multiple times, and he's the truth, man. Y'all going to have to give it up to that young man. He's tearing it down, and he's doing it with so much class. He's always thanking God first. He's always staying humble. He's doing the squabble when he scores, you feel me? Because he's squabbling niggas, but he's he's keeping it classy, man, and I love it. I love to see these young dudes taking control of their own destiny, playing their game, elevating, elevating their teammates, and just putting out good energy, man. So CJ Stroud, brother, we rooting for you. I know you're going to be great. I hope you can get some help over there in that franchise because that's going to be a real problem in the years to come. Shout out to you. Watching niggas trying to figure out how I fall right. Different figures coming in, new money, get it all right. Kept the knife up in my back. I don't want to bleed out. Cuts held fast, but them cuts getting deep now. You Just to add on at the end here, man, we're going to finish this episode up. Want to say thank everybody for the support, man. The numbers been great. You guys been downloading the episodes like I asked you. Uh, you know, it's great if you stream them, but downloads is where I can really see the impact and lets me know that you guys are fucking with the show and I fuck with y'all. So that's why I continue to do it. Please, 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 if you listen to the episode, get out there, download this episode available on Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, anywhere you get your podcast at. You know what I'm saying? I'm there. Just to end the thing on a positive note, because a lot of the things we talk about on here are salacious. It's just what goes on in the world at this time. Um I want you to stop this thing of matching energy. I want y'all to stop this thing of matching energy. And I want what you to do is create a new energy. So if you got someone that's not treating you well, if you got somebody that takes you for granted or abuses you in any sort of way, you don't need to get, get back on them. You understand what I'm saying? Karma is a real thing and karma is never going to be instant when you want it to be, but it will come full circle and it, and it catch up with people. So I think by, by not matching energy, I think you're protecting your own. If somebody does you wrong, it's like Sonny said on the Bronx tale. You know, they had the issue where he owed the young man 20 bucks and uh, Cologino was upset because he couldn't get his money from the guy. And Sonny told him, man, look, look at it this way. It costs you 20 bucks to get this guy out of your life. You don't got to worry about him. Ask for anything else, bugging you, bothering you. You got off cheap. So a lot of times, man, sometimes you got to get off cheap with people. You know, if, if you continue to engage with them, then you can stress yourself out. You can bring a lot of negativity into your positive space, which you don't need to do. Um, speaking on that real quick, I don't follow the celebrity relationships. I think a lot of that shit is um, pre-made, fabricated, and I think they use it to sell an image. But <laughs> recently, Megan Thee Stallion of shot foot fame and Internet lore, you know, the leader of the hot girls movement. Um, she was dating some dude named Party. I don't know. I guess he's a musician. I don't know who this nigga is for real either, so I can't really say too much about him. But I guess they was in a relationship, and their relationship fell apart. So she was doing a little trolling of him in a song, and she was doing some posting, trolling him, you know, and how the relationship didn't work. And he put a song out addressing it. And I ain't going to say he's trolling her because he was addressing it. I'm sorry, addressing it head on. And he was addressing it in a real adult manner. Now, he said a couple of things on there that was soul shaking the way I heard it. So he had one part where he says something to the effect of you spend four hours putting on makeup, but you need to fix your foundation. That's cold. And at the end of the song, he says something. He said, I'm not talking to Megan the Stallion. I'm talking to Megan the person. Words like that don't come from somebody that's trying to troll or something. It comes from somebody that's been hurt, felt like they've been done wrong and all that. So I'm really glad that this guy party didn't match her energy and just disrespect her and everything. He just put out how he felt about the situation. And 
you know, Megan Thee Stallion is a very successful woman. You know, she's got a lot of people that follow her movement and like her music and stuff like that. And then more power to her, man. I wish success on everybody. But it's been said multiple times about her that she may not be the best person, may not be the best human being. And these things manifest themselves. You know, I'm not saying anything that happened to her negative that she deserved it because, you know, you don't want to wish ill will on anybody. But I'm just saying sometimes them chickens, they come home to roost. Watching niggas trying to figure how I fall right. Different figures coming in, new money, get it all right. Kept the knife up in my back, I don't wanna bleed out. Cuts, cuts held fast, but them cuts getting deep now. You ain't got no 